You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, right at the top here, there is a corner in the transfer portal named Caleb Evans. He's from Tulsa, who Ohio State will actually play this season, Tulsa. Caleb Evans, six foot two, 188 pounds. He has offers from Texas, Notre Dame, Nebraska, and others. Ohio State has not offered him Bax, but Tony Alford is now following him on Twitter Maybe that's a precursor to the Buckeyes offering. We shall see. And I don't think a Caleb Evans would come right in and start at Ohio State, but they need depth at corner. And who knows? Maybe he would start. He graded out pretty high by pro football focus last year. What are your thoughts on this development? You think Ohio State should be interested? Will they be interested in a Caleb Evans, backs? Well, he's six foot two, so that's a pretty good start for a cornerback who's already played at the college football level. Uh, the kid was a part of the class of 2017. Uh, he was a uh, like he was rated like a point seven nine. He was a two star recruit. Was a decommit from Kansas. Ended up at Tulsa, and now it seems like most of the big boys are after him. Uh, I, I think it's telling that OSU's trying to recruit some depth at corner, uh, which I think we as we talked about last week in this space, they have a lot of unproven players. So maybe this is more of a a consistent uh, option for them to bring in to think maybe there could be some potential here. Reality is, is if Texas and Notre Dame and everybody else is interested in them, then I guess the Ohio State's not too far off their rocker here if they end up pursuing him as well. Uh, I think a bigger question is, being that he's originally from McKinney, Texas, are we going to be able to pull him up to Ohio State or is he more interested in going somewhere like UT? So uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out with a Caleb Evans. He's certainly intriguing, though. Uh, and it's not every day Ohio State goes after a player with only one or two years of eligibility left. So. We'll see. Uh, time will tell. My magic oracle is currently not working, so I guess I'm going to wait and watch it just like the rest. It's very interesting that Alfred's following him. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Jonah Jackson. Obviously not the same position. Jonah Jackson, an offensive guard, a Caleb Evans, a corner, but people are like, wow, come on. Jonah Jackson was a two-star kid coming out of high school and played at Rutgers. Is he really going to be able to help Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah, he helped Ohio State a lot. He graded out extremely high his one year at Ohio State. It was a third-round pick, and I believe started every game as a rookie you know, with the Detroit Lions. So we'll see with the Caleb Evans. One thing we know about Ryan Day, he does a good job of adding players to the portal. You know, Justin Fields and Trey Sermon are at the top, but Jonah Jackson, like I just mentioned, is another one that worked out really well. He also brought in Gunnar Hoke just for depth. You know, that didn't really work out well or bad. You know, that was just a, you know, he brought, he needed another scholarship quarterback just for depth. So, yeah, you know, one thing Ryan Day has always done is add at least one guy in the portal. We'll see if a Caleb Evans is the next one that they will add, Bax. Well, and the other thing about Ryan Day in the portal is, is that, you know, with the way that the game is going today and the way you have with the, the impending, everybody gets a free one-time transfer, you're going to see a lot more portal action. Like, for those of you who are old-school Bucknutters, who have listened to the Bucknuts Morning 5 since it was the Bucknuts 
weekly podcast or, you know, all these other, the, the buck nuts at morning front, hours. Front row radio. Yeah, front row radio. Yes, sir. Radio, the, the buck nuts show in Dayton, you name it. We've done 800,000 of these. We always think from a recruiting perspective, largely as being high school kids, right? Like Ohio State has rarely chased even junior college kids, much less the transfer market where they've had a few high profile transfers, the Justin Bournes of the world, right? But at the end of the day, most of Ohio State's players have came from the high school ranks. I'm not so sure the transfer portal is going to become a more and more important part of what Ohio State does in the future with one-time transfers. You may see a lot of kids like, for example, a Caleb Evans, who were a two-star kid out of high school, go somewhere for a year or two, burst onto the scene, and then they realize maybe they're a little bit better than somebody who should be playing at Tulsa. Maybe they should be playing at Texas or Ohio State or whatever other big name there is. But they can also take better advantage of their nat- national likenesses and everything, right? So I think this is going to be an increasing part of what Ohio State does in recruiting. So we might as well get friendlier and friendlier with the transfer portal, guys, because this is the way this is going. Yeah, it's basically like free agency now in uh, college football with uh, kids not having to sit out a year. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, the Buckeyes have done a good job in the transfer portal so far. We'll see if they add a Caleb Evans or uh, even if they offer him. Just to be clear, like I said earlier, they have not offered him Bucknutters, but uh, we'll see if they do. All right, moving on. Speaking of recruiting, JTT, the – one remaining target left on the board for the 2021 class, even though we're approaching June now. I'm not optimistic from everything I'm hearing. You know, I, there's obviously a chance he's going to pick Ohio State. I know he likes Ohio State. I'm just not optimistic Ohio State's going to be his final choice. What do you think about JTT? Well, if the rumors are true, uh, he's getting some interesting advice, to say the least. Like, the, head, the kid's head is screwed on straight to a certain extent when you're that highly rated in the two schools chasing after you as a defensive lineman are Ohio State and Alabama. He's waiting to visit to make his decision. And obviously that could change a lot, right? But, you know, we're hearing various things like, oh, well, Oregon's convincing him he's going to be the next Thibodeau and play defensive end. Wrong. Anybody's ever watched this kid, he's a defensive tackle. And he's a really good one. So, I, I, right now, the tea leaves aren't really looking like they're, they're headed Ohio State. You know, but at the end of the day, you have to let the kids get their visits in. And the fact that JTT hasn't been to Ohio State or Alabama yet speaks volumes because those are the two schools that are most likely to do uh, to, to move up the charts. Right. Like I can't see Oregon or Washington, which are in his neck of the woods that he's visited, that he knows the proximity to his family and everything about. I can't see either of them doing anything new that he doesn't know about. Right. Washington's trying to convince him he can play basketball at the same time. Wrong. That doesn't happen. Uh, Oregon's trying to tell him he can play defensive end. Wrong. He's going to be a, a defensive tackle, and we all know it. Uh, so what does, he, what does he end up walking out of from Ohio State and Alabama? Uh, whenever those visits are finally set up and we know when they're happening, I'll be interested to see the order, and I'll be interested to see the dates, and I think we're all going to be parsing very much information, but this is a kid who isn't just going to sign anywhere, right? He's just going to enroll for summer classes because it's already so late in the process that, you know, there's, there's nothing that he needs to sign. He's eligible to go right away to summer camp. So I think there's time for this to play out, but I'm not optimistic right now. Like I would have been back in say January simply because of the fact that we're hearing a lot of stuff 
and smoke around the Oregon situation. But that's my two cents. Let's switch gears and look at the current team. I want to look at defensive tackle. We know Haskell Garrett's going to be one starter for the Buckeyes this year. Thank goodness he's coming back uh, for a fifth year. So Haskell Garrett's obviously going to be a starter. Who's going to line up next to him? I'm sure they're going to rotate guys, but Teron Vincent's going to be in the mix. Teron Cage is going to be some others. Antoine Jackson. Do you think it's going to be Teron Vincent? Who's going to be the starter next to Haskell Garrett? Yeah, I actually think it's going to be Teron Cage. Um, he looked good in the spring. We heard a lot of really good things about him. He's a kid who's been developing for a couple of years. Uh, he strikes me as the kid who's going to end up being at least the first crack next to Haskell Garrett. But it's going to be between Vincent and Garrett as the two guys that, or, or sorry, Vincent and uh, Cage as the two guys next to Haskell Garrett. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a rotation. It's not like one of them is going to get 90% of the reps and the other one's going to get 10%. I think it's going to be 60 40. And I think you have some of the younger guys that are going to sort of work their way into it, right? Um, you know, we've heard a lot of, uh, of stuff about Ty Landers being similar to his big brother and having a little bit of a motor. I'm interested to see if he can work his way on the field. You know, you've also Ty got Hamilton. Or Ty, Ty Hamilton, my bad. Ty Hamilton, not Ty Landers. So I wish B.B. Landers had a brother. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that would be certainly something that we could see playing out. Uh, and then at the end of the day, too, when you have the quality of defensive ends that Ohio State does, you're going to see that rushman package we really didn't have last year a lot right you think with with having uh tyreek smith zach harrison and now zach or jack sawyer you're not going to see those three on the field in third and six or third and seven situations with haskell garrett as the only d tackle like of course you're going to see that because you have the depth for it so it's one of those spots where cage is the front runner to me right now i think vincent's giving him a good battle you're going to have depth and at the end of the day, I think it's, it's going to be another really, really good defensive line for Ohio State. Moving down to defensive end, we know Tyreek Smith is going to be one starter. I have Zach Harrison penciled in as the other starter, but we'll see, man. I mean, he you know, looked good as a true freshman. Obviously, he was a five-star prospect last year. I don't know what the deal was. He just didn't look good. Um, I'm not sure what to expect out of Zach Harrison this year. What do you expect out of Zach Harrison? Awesomeness, to be blunt. Um Everything we've heard about him in the spring is that he's finally got his, his mental game straight. Like, the kid's always been a physical freak. He's had all the tools. That's why he was a top five recruit, you know, the number one D end in the country. Out of Olin Tangy, right in central Ohio. Look, this is a kid who was, it was really easy probably for things to go to his head. He had an awesome freshman year, just explosive in, in small opportunities. Um, you know, and then last year we were all expecting him to be really good. And I don't know if he, didn't get the commitment level it took to be elite. I don't know if the weird year threw him off. I'm, I'm I have a tendency to give a lot of players a pass for last year just because of how weird of a year it really was. And I, everything we've heard about Harrison now is, is that he's got his weight room game, right? He's got his mental game, right? That he's getting it together in a very positive fashion. Maybe the arrival of Jack Sawyer sort of woke him up and made him think, oh, I better be working or I'm not going to get on the field ahead of this kid. But I think Zach Harrison is going to have a big year. I think Zach Harrison at the start of the year isn't going to get the attention because the other teams are going to look at Tyreek Smith and say, all right, this was the best player we saw in film last year. And then Harrison's going to get three sacks and everybody's going to have to change their mind. So I expect Zach Harrison to be Zach Harrison this year. I expect him to be a guy – that rockets up the, the, the mock drafts. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anything short of dynamic for Ohio State this year. So he's definitely my second starter in my head. 
And then, of course, the 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 wunderkind uh, that is Jack Sawyer is going to be in the mix to spell both right away. He's the best freshman defensive lineman we've had since Nick Bosa. Yeah, I love the depth there. I mean, in addition to Sawyer, and you're right, Sawyer is going to play a lot. I mean, you have Javante Jean Baptiste, who's played a lot of football. Tyler Friday entering his fourth year. So love the depth and the talent at defensive end. All right, last thing. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. You know, we've talked a lot about some of the freshmen like Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buca. We've obviously talked a lot about you know Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Alave. Where are you at on Jackson Smith and Jigba? Because I think he could break out with a huge year this year. I think he's the reason that Jamison Williams transferred, if I'm being real honest. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the number three guy right now. And I think he's going to play a much more prominent role than last year where Olave and Wilson were, you know, number one and two run away. And then Jeremy Ruckert was the third leading receiver. JSN is too good. It's the simple answer, right? And he's too good in a spectacular fashion, right? Remember his first game against Nebraska where he scored that random touchdown where it looked like he was out of bounds until you saw the replay and he was blatantly in bounds. So this is a kid that has every physical tool. He's big. He can go. I think JSN is going to be a really good player for OSU this year. And if it wasn't for the absurd amount of talent you have in the wide receiver room at Ohio State right now, he'd be a number one level receiver. So I think that JSN is going to have a very big year for OSU. And it's going to go in the next season as the clear-cut number one guy once Olave and Wilson head off to the riches of the NFL draft after this season. I'm more interested to see where Julian Fleming fits into the equation after not playing a ton last year. Remember, this is a guy who was ranked even higher than Smith and Jigba coming out of high school. He's a guy who there's a lot of good young guys behind him. We've talked about this transfer portal stuff. You have to expect that Fleming is going to be working to earn that playing time. And if he's not getting a ton of run this year, I'm going to be real interested to see what happens with him. I don't think it's too early to say that, you know, we need to see a little bit more from him at least this year. And I'm not saying he has to have 100 yards a game. That's an that's a impossible expectation with all the talent on this team. But we need to see him on the field a lot. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Because, I mean, if you think of that class of kids, at one point I think we said it was the highest-rated recruiting class in the history of 24-7 sports for wide receivers, right? It was the, the four receivers in that class between G. Scott, Mookie Cooper, Julian Fleming, and, of course, JSN. Well, Mookie Cooper transferred, right? G. Scott's a tight end now, and Fleming needs to earn his way onto the field. So it's interesting how quick it can turn when you're surrounded by so much talent. But that's a, we could talk about wide receiver for an entire show plus some, and it would have to be front row radio an hour long before we ran out of, uh, out of topics. So I'm really interested to see how that shakes out this year with JSN and with Fleming coming off of, you know, very different freshman years. Great stuff as always from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. It is filled with great information, and it has great musical suggestions. So you're going to want to check out the bucket every Sunday. Thank you to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.
From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.